couple of things happen uh, in the following order. Uh, one, you get the fuck out of this crumbling building quickly before it completely collapses. Uh, you talk, let's call it talk, uh, to the magisters of the uh, Chantry Loyalist faction. Uh, and considering their immediate options, they agree, of course. <laughs> Of course they will convene. The Cardinals will convene and nominate Dorian Pavis to be the next Black Divine. <laughs> of course we were, of course we were in favor the whole time of sending aid against the blind. It's totally fucking fine. Uh, Dorian does not quite know how to feel about this development. Um, <laughs> it, like it was briefly mentioned several episodes ago, but um, it's a little more real now. Uh, he is... Uh, like, as soon as it becomes clear that, yes, he's going to be the next Black Divine, uh, he just sort of, like, walks into, like, a separate room and you can hear, like, muffled screaming from the other <laughs> side of the door for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> um, it's fine. He's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. It's fine. So the Archon has requested to meet you the day after you dealt with the Chantry Loyalist. And now you've got all of the Chantry Loyalist <laughs> undivided <laughs> faith, right? <laughs> There sure is a blight, and we sure do believe you, and now we are headed up by a member of the Lucerne. Cool and good and fine, and not at all completely jarring and destabilizing. Um, but you, the Archon wanted to talk to you the day after all of this happened. So tomorrow, you're going to have to go to the Archon and give him the good news? Yeah, yeah good news, sure. Um, but until then, the rest of this episode is going to be resolving personal quests. Yay. Oh, good. I have a list, y'all. Of course you do. <laughs> of stuff that we are going to resolve before the end of this episode. So, Kasana, you all return home. Uh, you return back to the Pavis estate. Uh, and Mayvarius is not there, which is deviation because she has spent like the majority of the last couple weeks in the kitchen. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. Uh, baking every single thing. Right. Like she did leave snacks out for you. So there are signs of her presence. Always leaving snacks. Yeah, she did leave like a plate of cookies and a note uh, for you all. Uh, and I don't know about you, but Dorian like takes like he sees the plate of cookies and he's like, "These are mine." Like he's earned <laughs> these cookies; they're his right. cookies now. They he are. takes the plate of cookies and he leaves with them. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. But where is my cookie? Is that all the cookies? Where is where are, are there other cookies? I'm like looking around the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, statistically, probably. I mean, she's been baking up a storm, so there's probably dozens still around. Okay, that's my priority now. There is the note. I'm yeah. just saying I didn't say note. Exactly, note. So I'm like, I'm gonna look at that. I'm like, cool, you have the cookies. I'll I'll check out the note. Uh, you read the note, and it is definitely Mayveris's handwriting. Um, she says, it's like, uh, I went out uh, to the cemetery. I will be back in a few hours. I made you cookies, and also there's a lasagna that you can heat up. The cemetery. Yeah, so Minrathis does have a cemetery like a big obviously very very old cemetery um and it's you've never really been there before but you have an idea of where it is uh, within the bounds of the city it's not a super long distance if there is probably walked you could certainly walk if you cared to yeah i'm like why did she and then i'm like all right anyway i'm gonna go to there goodbye uh, Elliot and Sabrina raid the kitchen. Right. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. We find, we find the lasagna. <laughs> we find the lasagna and you start reheating it. And then we spend the rest of the time trying to figure out how one actually reheats the lasagna because we're not sure. Oh, 
hey, no, 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 no. I've established Elian is a good cook. There we go. Okay. I don't know how to reheat a lasagna. I'm like, I could build a fire. You don't even know what a lasagna is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I do know that Viveris makes good food. And right. so... Uh, so you head out to the cemetery. Um, like I said, you've never been there. You've never had occasion to go there. So you don't really know what to expect. Uh, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's like peak to winter, you know, like even the cemeteries are full of like climbing vines and like beautiful flowers. Um, mm. and the cemetery is quite spacious. Obviously, Minrathis is an ancient city. Um, so there's tons and tons and tons of graves. Uh, it does not take very long to find Mayveris. Uh She has set up what looks like a small picnic, like a, a checkered blanket over one particular grave. Uh, and she has a small little picnic basket uh, with her, but she doesn't appear to be getting into it yet. Uh, she's just sort of setting her back as to you, uh, her, her golden curls sort of fluttering in the wind. <laughs> I just sort of like take it in. I'm like, not where I would have chosen to picnic, but... <laughs> It has charm. She turns back and says, Oh, Cassandra, I didn't expect to see you here. You were not there when I got back, and I panicked a little. <laughs> Even though you left a note. Yeah, it seems a little weird that you would panic if I leave a note for you, but... Okay. Hi. Here I am. Hello. Can I join you? <laughs> um, I suppose, if you'd like. And I'm gonna go ahead and sit down. I'm like, so... So you sit down next to her, and indeed she does have a little spread. The picnic basket is open, but she hasn't really gotten into it yet. She has packed probably too much food for one person, uh, but you know, you know, she's Mayveris, right? She doesn't cook by halves. Uh, and as you are taking in the scene around you, you realize that she has set up this little picnic on one particular grave, and the name is Thorold Tethris. Mm-hmm. And I definitely take note of that. I'm like, so. Do you visit him often? Oh, well, yes, on the, um, on the anniversary. Ah. I try to visit also on other important dates, you know, his birthday and our marriage anniversary. But, um, this is the one that I most reliably... Well. Well, what are you waiting for? We should set up a place for him then. <laughs> you brought enough food for at least half of the city, it feels like. Oh, no, this is all for me. And I guess for you, if you would like some, but... No, I, I make no illusions. Thorold's dead. I'm not gonna waste food on someone who cannot eat. All of it is for you? I may have overpacked. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. You tend to do that. Yeah. She says, it's really strange. I didn't really know what would happen to this pain once I became what I am. It's unusual, the pain associated with Thorold now. It doesn't really feel like it's mine, but I also can't get rid of it. It feels inherited. Does that make sense? It does, in a way, since you also sort of inherited another soul. Yeah. It's it's real, but it it's out of focus, almost. Like, I remember grieving so much and I still am I think to a certain extent but it feels different now I don't really know how to explain it well if you don't know how to explain it you don't have to talk about it it's fine 
it's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's just... I don't know how. She says, Mayveris loved him so much. She was so devoted to him. And I still feel the echoes of that grief. I don't really know what to do with it now. We could start new traditions. I feel like it would be a disservice to Thorold's memory to not at least visit him on occasion like this. She says, yes, he was very punctual. Was he? I did not know that about him. She says, it was actually always a a point of contention between him and his cousin, Varric. Thorold was never late to anything, and Varric made it a point to always be late to everything. That sounds very fun. Elian and Sabrae are the closest things I have to siblings, so... She says, he he really did care about Varric. He was probably one of the closest family that Varric had. I don't really talk about him anymore. Not even before I was... And she, like, gestures at herself. <laughs> I didn't really talk about it with Dorian, though he asked all the time. I didn't really talk about it with anyone. I just sort of let it fester inside of me. Her. She let it... Me? I, I, I don't know. Terminology is complicated now. Everything is really complicated now. Yeah. Feelings are like that. They are complicated. I don't want to repeat Maverus's mistakes, she says. Maverus let her grief consume her to the point where she literally almost would have rather died than heal. I don't want that to be the legacy that I leave behind. But I don't know. Faith wasn't very good with this either. Well, we're talking about him now, aren't we? That's already a first step and different than before. Is it? Do you know much about grief, Cassandra? She asks genuinely. Like, she's not, she's not like saying it challenging. Like, she's saying, like, genuinely. Do you know anything about grief? Not really. Not in the same way that you do. She says you lost your home. Sort of. And now you've got it back. Sort of. That's a kind of grief, isn't it? It is. It's not really the same as losing someone you built a life with, though. Although, I did come close to that, it felt like. She says, I guess we're both really not good at this grief thing, huh? Yeah. But it's something we can figure out how to do together, I guess. Uh, she looks up at you. Uh, she's smiling, but clearly, like, there's still a lot of, like, really raw emotion mm. that she hasn't really dealt with. She says, well, I know one thing for for super sure. Whatever I'm going to have to face, I am immeasurably grateful to be facing it with you. And she leans on your shoulder. Cass definitely, like, you know, puts an arm around her and is like, yeah, it's good to not have to deal with things alone. And in my experience, also not shut things away. Thorold really would have liked you. Do you want a sticky bun? I brought eight. In that case, yes, I would love a sticky bun. Uh, the next scene that I would like to do is Telgen. Uh, so I have like a way to begin this, but if Elian has like a particular way that he wants to do this, like obviously Ren has agreed to be the guinea pig for this. <laughs> <laughs> Drink my blood and see what happens. Um, thing. 
and by the way, I it, it happened sort of off scene, but like right before you left to go talk to Leliana, Landon sort of like like busted in front of you. He's like, "Hey, stand still!" And then he pulled out a knife. And like, <laughs> I probably should have done this on screen, but it happened so quickly, you didn't even have time to react. You're like, what? like Landon, hold still, pulls out knife, and then he just took a sample of your blood, and then he healed it up. And then he's like, "Thanks," and then he left, and that was all. <laughs> Sabrina, your boyfriend is alarming. <laughs> Listen, he's a nerd. At his core, that's all that Landon is. He's just a fucking nerd. You get used to it if you hang around him long enough. It's fine. I don't know that he has any specific idea of how he wants to approach this, because like, I think in his mind, he was going to wait until after we prove that it works with Ren before even like attempting to get Talgan's hopes up. It can't be like a bad idea. Like this is a big ask. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like even if it, even if you do have a proof of concept with Ren, it's still like a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at is I didn't have a idea exactly of how he was going to approach it because I don't know that he was going to approach it because he's only had like 24 hours with the idea at this point. So how I had pictured it happening was that Elian came back from Enrathis, uh, and then you saw, you know cast read the note and be like bye and then leave immediately <laughs> uh and the cookies are gone too which sucks um, right then, rude uh talgan comes out and like dorian just like storms past him up the stairs with a plate of cookies and Talgan's like hey how'd it go okay bye <laughs> and then he like turns back to like you and sabre sitting at the table is like it's up his ass uh we might have um made him the new black divine oh no wonder he's pissed then uh-huh I don't know why he's pissed. Seems like a good deal to me. <laughs> Order around a bunch of Tevinter assholes. I mean, that's kind of the point against it. Spoken <laughs> with the cavalier attitude of someone who's never had power thrust upon them. <laughs> like, he pats you on the back. I give you, I give you finger guns. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, and he sits down. He's like, oh, I'm hungry. Where's May? Um... Cass said something about the cemetery? I guess I could dip into one of the 500 dishes that she's made in the past 48 hours. Elian's trying to mimic this lasagna. Oh, lasagna. <laughs> she said it was for dinner, but you know. Uh, so yeah, I think all three of you head into the kitchen to like read Mayveris's instructions on how to reheat the lasagna in case she's, you know, late or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you busy yourselves with that for a while. I don't know if we've talked about uh, the religion thing around him yet, so I'm just, I think I'm still like talking to Elian, and I'm like, no, but really, how does it feel to basically be the son of a god? That's not, I'm not even remotely. <laughs> Talgan did hear a little bit about it. He's like, <laughs> uh, so have you got a, a good answer to the problem of evil, Elian? <sighs> I just flip him off. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I expect a religious treatise from you, you know, if you're going to be related to divinity or whatever. Talgan says, if we bought you an un- a copy of the unabridged Chant of Light, could you make corrections, like liner notes? Talgan's or- <laughs> <laughs> got the right idea. <laughs> also, by the way, when are you going to be healing my brother? Whenever your boyfriend figures out if it works or not. Yeah, that's a good point. You're going to be healing Bren? Healing him from what? Well, the blight, you know? He's got the blight. Well, yeah, but he's a warden, and they're supposed to have the blight. Yeah, but it's not right. good for them long-term, apparently. I actually didn't really know this until a couple days ago. <laughs> the blight, bad for people. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Not me. <laughs> Lennon is a lucky guy. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you really think it'll work? I don't know. I mean... It better work. 
Well, I mean, according to the stories about the ashes, they worked. And there's family history of, you know, theoretically, we have the ability to heal. And I don't know if it's still strong enough. I don't know if, I don't know how this works, but maybe. I mean, my grandmother was able to heal a bird, which, I mean, I know is a lot smaller, but trying to think positively here. I'm getting more and more nervous about the idea of you healing Ren. (laughs) (laughs) Talga says, huh. And he glances over his shoulder toward his bedroom door. And like, you know what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, he's obviously connecting the dots and thinking about, could this theoretically be applied to his mother? I, um, I didn't want to say anything right away. I mean, I, I know how hard all of this is, but maybe, maybe we can try something. He says, I, <laughs> I haven't even told her about Orzammar yet. Been putting that off. Still? Yeah, I know. Get off my back, or lesion, Jesus. You can have both the conversations at once. It's hard on me, okay? I've got a lot of baggage assigned to Orzammar. It's, it's, it's okay. I, I don't have a leg to stand on. I didn't write my own mother for five years, so. Mm. Oh, Elliot. I know. For Elliot. shame. That's just, you can't do that. <laughs> Fuck off, Sabre. You don't have a mother. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if oh, my mother were alive, card. I would write her. <laughs> oh, Talgan says, look, I don't even have a firm thing to tell her. I haven't even made up my mind about whether or not I want to go back to Orzammar and, you know, fucking be a lord there. You think maybe she might have some good advice? I don't know. How clear-headed is she today, you know? Yeah. Has she been having more bad days, or? Yeah, more bad days than good. This morning, she didn't even recognize me. I'm sorry. I, I, I literally can't imagine that must feel like. I mean, it's not a great feeling. Pretty <laughs> shitty. Well, maybe that's all the more reason to give the alien thing a chance. Talgan says, oh, I don't know. Like, theoretically, we could just, you know, you know, give it to her with a morning tea and hope she drinks it, but I should probably at least mention it to her. It feels weird to, like, trick her into cannibalism. Yeah, no, <laughs> consent seems like yeah, a good call no. here. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I guess I should probably... Uh, and he sighs and he stands up. He says, I should probably talk to her. Uh, her nap, her morning nap's almost over. I should probably wake her up and really, pr- I should probably tell her about Orzammar, I guess. Do you um, want some company on that? I mean, I know it's not easy to look at, so I won't ask you to, but like you can tell, he's like, like, kind of, yeah. Like you can tell, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this alone. <laughs> like it really hurts every time I have to do this. I mean, Talgan's like a brother now. Yeah, I, I reach over and I just squeeze his shoulder. Obviously, I'm happy to be there for you. He says, yeah, okay. All right. And he uh, starts, like, the the lasagna is in the oven. Now you just have to wait probably like 40-ish minutes for it to be done. Uh, <laughs> so he says, well, well. Uh, Talgan, like, heads kind of deliberately slowly back toward his bedroom. He says, oh, God. I suppose either of you have any advice on what to do about the actual question of whether or not to return to Orzammar as a lord permanently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you just said yourself I had a lot of experience with the power being handed to me, but... Well, yeah, but, you know, it's like, I gotta come up with an answer at some point, and... Fucking, I don't know, man. Like, I hate Orzammar, but... King Balin's been making a lot of reforms. There's a lot of balls in the air on this one. You think you could do some good there, bud? 
I mean, theoretically, yeah, but like, also, it sucks. Like, it sucks in Orzammar. What about the ladies? There are a lot of pretty dwarven ladies, that's true. I mean... That's maybe less of a compelling argument than I thought it was going to be. Fair enough. (laughs) (sighs) It's not really for us to decide, but... Yeah, I know, but still... I know. I mean, if you can help me figure out what to do, I'll happily help you figure out what to do. (laughs) One existential crisis at a time. (laughs) Uh, He opens the bedroom door and he says, All right, well, maybe I can just delicately dance around the subject. She's probably not going to remember it tomorrow anyway, right? Uh, And he knocks on the internal door. Like, as you remember, he's got, like, the sitting room with his bed and then, like, the internal bedroom where his mom sleeps. Uh, And he knocks on the door and says, Hey, Mom! Uh, and he opens the door, the light shines in, uh, and you can see her bundled up in bed, and he says, Hey, Mom, uh, it's your, about time for your nap to be over. And she says, and I've got some some news about Orzammar. Uh, and he goes and he shakes her, and she doesn't move. Oh. And he says, Mom? And he shakes her again, and she still doesn't move. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Uh, can somebody, like, feel her pulse? Yeah, that's the next step that that he does. He reaches out and he puts his fingers kind of hesitantly against the side of her neck. uh, And then he takes the fingers away and he does not turn back to face you. Talgan. He doesn't answer. I'm going to go up to his mom just to like, look, I'm assuming I can confirm very quickly that, that I know what's going on. Yeah, I mean... You can roll if you want to, but you're Dalish, you know the signs of death. Yeah. Like, it's been at least a couple hours because, you know, the early stages of, like, Pallor Mortis have already set in. And I look at it and I just sort of say, fuck. And I look at Ellie and I'm like, I shake my head. Oh, dear. I go over and I just, I put a hand on his shoulder again. I just, I don't, there's no words for this. He uh, is really quiet, and his head is kind of down. He his usually has his hair up in a bun, but he hasn't put it up today, and it sort of like curtains the side of his face, so you can't really see the exact emotion that's going on. He says, "Well, I guess, guess it doesn't matter what I say now, huh?" <sighs> oh, this is the hardest thing. He says, uh, respectfully, could you guys please get the fuck out? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, And he just sort of stays behind as you guys gracefully exit the broom. Oh. I look at you as we, like, leave, and I'm like, that's possibly the most cruel thing that I've ever seen happen. I didn't do it deliberately. How could we have known? It's not cruel because people are cruel. It's cruel because life is cruel. Yeah. Sort of like sit down heavily on a chair. Yeah. So, Cassandra? Yes. Uh, You spend um, a couple hours with Mayveris and you talk a lot. Mm-hmm. About Thorold, mostly. And you get the feeling, like, you get the distinct impression that she's never really talked about Thorold with anyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, she just 
rhapsodizes about him. It is so clear that she was so in love with him. And she tells you about how they met uh, and the amusing circumstances under which they became affianced. Because <laughs> she tells you the whole story about how, oh, you know, my mother actually did this behind my back, wanting me to prove that I was really a woman. Uh, and she did not expect for us to fall completely and deeply in love right away as soon as we met. Cass is like snarking like, oh no, the shock. <laughs> and she tells you all about the wedding. Uh, and as you walk home back to Minrathis, she says, this was nice. Thank you, Cassandra. I had my reservations about hearing about him, but yeah, I think you're right. I think I would have liked him too. The end sometimes taints the rest of the story, but it shouldn't. So much of my memories of Thorold were so good, and I want to keep them that way. Yeah, you should. And I feel like it's not just me who should hear about the about him and your good memories. You should tell Dorian and anyone. Uh, she t- she sort of chuckles and she says, "I'll get there, maybe one day." Uh, and she stands up on her tippiest tippy toes to give you a kiss, just barely on the cheek. You are so much taller than her. <laughs> so tall. But she manages it. And she says, oh, I'm going to go to bed. Um, make sure that they didn't burn down the house with that uh, lasagna. And then maybe upstairs, okay? Okay. I will do that. <laughs> uh, and she heads up. And just as you are about to go ensure that, yes, the lasagna is safe and the kitchen is not in shambles, um, as you are heading across to go to the kitchen, uh, you almost literally bump into Fenris on the way out. Mm. Uh, and you collide with him, and he says, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, Gunari, I did not mean. Uh, you turn to look at Fenris, his markings are gone. <laughs> his, his fucking lyrium, his lyrium tattoos are gone. Like, the scars on his skin are still there, but they're just scars. They no longer have that ethereal white glow or hum to them. Cass <laughs> just sort of stares at him like, who you look like Fenris, but are you? <laughs> he, he sort of chuckles. He says, ah, huh, the Kunari can make a joke. I am delighted and impressed. <laughs> okay, just because my father is not good at it doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> In my defense, I've never really seen you crack much of a joke either. Mm, true. He says, the whole procedure went um, remarkably well. They, uh, the the keeper, the Dalish keeper, I met her uh, uh, in Ravain, and we sat down and we had a quick talk, and long story short, I have got some uh, herbal medicine to take for the long-term effects of lyrium poisoning that I might experience, but otherwise, it's, um, it's gone. And how do you feel about it? He says, I had not realized how much pain I was in. Uh, and you realize he's really smiling. Like he's like his face is in like this genuine oh smile <laughs> that you've really never seen Fenris wheel, uh, wear before. And he says, I had forgotten what it feels like to wake up and not have the constant ache of delirium all the way down my back. I had forgotten what it was like to do everyday things, to, to walk and, and, and stand and sit without worrying about he says, I am glad that you suggested this, Cassandra. Good, because I'm about to do something that you might not be glad about. And then she gives a big hug. 
And you know, Fenris is in such a good fucking mood. Like, he just kind of, he, he just leans into it. He's like, hell yeah, fucking hug. Hugs don't hurt anymore. Right. Just like, hey, cool. It doesn't hurt anymore. That's all that Kaz got from that. Cool. Okay to hug now. Awesome. <laughs> uh, he definitely returns the hug. Uh, and he says, and I'll tell you one thing as you separate, Hawk definitely likes it. Uh, I'll save that story for, you know, somewhere less public, but <clears throat> we've had fun. It's been good. That is good. I am glad. He says, is that lasagna? Uh, yeah, that is what I am supposed to check on to make sure nobody burned anything down while we were gone. Yes, we should definitely investigate that and also have some, he yes. says. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elian. Yeah? Talgan spends most of the rest of the day alone. He doesn't quite know what to do with her remains for a while because she's a surfacer dwarf now. She practiced the dwarven religion, but um, her they will they would not accept a return to the stone. Um, so he has her put under a shroud for now, and he starts like sending he sends a letter off to King Balin saying like, "Hey shithead, like if you want me to be a lord in your stupid council, figure out a way to send my mother's remains back to the stone." Um, and all the, all the only thing you see of this is him like bent over his desk scribbling away um, while his mother lays respectfully um, covered in a white shroud on the bed inside. Um, what is Elian feeling most of that rest of the day? Heaps of guilt, I guess. Um, like guilt for pushing Talgan into this, guilt for not helping him say something earlier, guilt for even planting a seed in his mind that, oh, maybe we can help her. Catholic guilt. Just guilt. <laughs> Giant gifts of Catholic guilt. Catholic guilt. Like a little the SpongeBob gift with the rainbow. Catholic guilt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault, but somehow I feel like it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally no way I could have known or prevented this, but it's still my fault. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so you're feeling a little bit down in the dumps um, when uh, suddenly the cellar door opens uh, and two of Dorian's servants um, come up and one of them is saying like, no, it's really fine. I promise. Like the magic is completely harmless. You can just come on upstairs uh, and following the servant up is your mother and your father. And they they look like they just went through an alluvian probably. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an experience for them. I was not expecting it to happen days later. <laughs> no, uh, I jump up and I run over to them. <laughs> and thank goodness uh, she sees you. She's like, oh, hell yeah, there you are. Thank goodness. Uh, and she pulls you into a tight hug. Uh, and your father does. He joins the hug as well. He says, uh, your mother has told me that you uh, you learned the family secret. Yep. <laughs> sure did. He thumps you on the back. He's like, how are you holding up, sport? Oh, excellent. You know, how do you think? <laughs> no further questions. He's, like, He's definitely a dad. <laughs> He's like, cool. Good talk. And uh, your mother sort of like gives him like a little smack on the shoulder. She's like, that's quite enough to you. Uh, and she turns down to you and she says, well, I did not expect the... um." Method of transport was quite. I meant to warn you, but <laughs> it's, it's all right. We met one of the Lu Lucerne 
mm. he's Cerny. Uh, we met one of the Lou Cerny, and they explained that it, what an illusion, and it, it was only a lit, a little bit jarring. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. We're fine. You made it. You made it. It's okay. <laughs> she says, It's so strange to think that we'll be safer here in Twitter than we would back in Orlai. But, um, well, I will trust your expertise in this matter, my darling. Get used to the feeling, I say, and I kiss her cheek. And she says, So, where's this boyfriend of yours? I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right now. Your father says, I actually have a list of questions. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I have it prepared. Uh, no, no. <laughs> That's a very good point. No, no. Questions can wait for after dinner. <laughs> and your mother says, oh, darling, it's so sweet you thought I was making a request. <laughs> you didn't write to her. <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> but Leander doesn't. <laughs> Suffice it to say, uh, both of your parents spend just a just a way too much time just <laughs> interrogating you, and just oh boy. You all go to bed. It has been a long day, a very very long day. Some great news, some terrible news, and it's all just sort of settled into this exhaustion that uh, accompanies you all the way to bed. Elian, you have a dream. I wondered when dreams were going to reappear. Right? Oh, I've been saving them, baby. Oh, yep. God. <laughs> you have a dream. And normally, and you can tell right away that this is a compassion dream. You, um, and usually when you dream of compassion, you have, it's set in the the Orlesian style bedroom uh, where uh, you feel most comfortable. This time it is not. Uh, this time it is set in a place like you've never really seen. You are sitting in a room uh, that looks to be a library um, with one large glowing white alluvion on one side. The other half um, is sort of dissolved away in a very unusual fashion like it was some sort of magical catastrophe that ripped this place apart uh, but now it has settled mostly uh, and you are sitting across from compassion at a table covered in candles and books and scraps of paper and compassion says hey hey i know the setting's a little different i'm sorry i uh i had to kind of take the reins for this dream what is this place uh I don't know if the words will translate right. Vir uh, derthara, the um, the I don't know how to translate it. It's basically a library, or it was a library. I'm not really sure what became of it now. It's beautiful. It was the last place I was before um, before Arlathan fell. I suppose I thought about it, and that has to be what happened, right? That's what Solus did. He created the veil and he destroyed Arlathan. And this was where I was when it happened before I... I suppose I was, must have been pulled into that damn crystal. Listen, Elian, he's... There's a lot of stress in his voice. There's something very important I need to tell you. What? Don't let Lennon do this. Don't let him 
throw his life away because he feels like there's no other option. I volunteer. Are are you sure? He says, This place, he stands up, and he starts walking around. I know they look like books to your eyes, but they're not books. Each of these books is an idea, a a, a memory, a, a process, a thought that was crystallized and left in this shape. They connected the the dreams and memories and ideas of everyone throughout the empire. She says, this was my home, and it's gone now. And I know I've been putting out a brave face, and I've been trying not to. Not to let any of that show, but being ripped away from Arlathon has been horrible for me. It's <laughs> I miss my home. And I will never be able to forgive Solus for what he's done to it. And if there's any way I can even... Any way that I can help, I'm going to take it. So it's a role reversal, but I wrap him in a tight hug. Uh, he definitely returns the hug very tightly. He is shaking a little. Like, he's he's so upset that he can't even cry. I... <sighs> I'll miss you. I'll miss you too. This is extraordinarily brave and a little stupid, but mostly brave. He says, just, uh, just like last time, okay? When it happens, say my name. I've seen Lennon's spell. I know how it works. I'll do it. You don't want me to tell them? No. No, don't tell them. Especially especially not Justice. Don't tell him. Don't tell anyone. How, how could you... Like, I've seen the looks between the two of them. Like, how how could you even consider not telling him? If I tell him, it won't happen at all. I know Justice. I've known him for 10,000 years. If he knew what I was doing right now, he would do something stupid. And and she's, he's, like the, the crying is starting to catch up to him. <laughs> He'd do something stupid, like put himself in the, in the blow, and I, I can't let him do that. So I'm just not going to tell him, okay? Please, for me. I'm, I'm still hugging him tightly. Um, don't agree with that, but you've, you have done so much for us. You know we wouldn't ask this of you. You don't have to ask, he says. I'm volunteering. Okay. Sabray? <laughs> um, you have a dream, too. You are nowhere, you think. You're in a white room with white walls. And you don't even have time to acknowledge that this is an unusual place for you to be in your dreams. Because all at once, justice is the only thing that you can see. He says, I volunteer. Can you just maybe, like, lead into things a little better next time? Let's start out with a subject. You know damn well what I'm talking about, Yariel. You don't want Lannan to die. I don't want him to die either. So I volunteer. You can't just volunteer, justice. That's exactly what I just did, Yariel. You haven't been possessed? You seem like someone who's been possessed before. He says, no. There were 
certainly more possessions in ancient Arlathan, but personally, no, I have never been possessed. I am possessing, but I am not possessed. I will still suit for the ritual. Why would you just volunteer for- (laughs) Why does everyone in my life just volunteer to be murdered? Because if it's not me, it's going to be compassion. Compassion? I know him. I know him better than I know myself. This isn't his name, isn't it? He would do this without even without even a thought to the consequences. Can, what if there's another option? Can't there be another option? Why does it have to be you or Compassion or Lannan or someone else I care about? He says, then name it, Yariel. <sighs> you have another five million gold or whatever it is? That it took to buy all that lyrium, you don't have another option. And I think everyone in the room knows it. I think everyone in the Lucerne knows it. I like turn around and I'm just like stalking the room as much as possible, which I'm aware is not much. It's an endless room. Like you walk, but it feels like you're walking in place. I just. This is also not a good solution. Why? <sighs> You've done so much. I couldn't ask you. So to- let me do this too. Listen, he says, Compassion's life is more important than my life. I would do anything to make sure that he is safe. Why? Because I love him, idiot! What? You're like, oh shit, really? Wait, what? (laughs) The only person who hasn't noticed. (laughs) Oh, God. I have loved him for 10,000 years. I have loved him literally through the end of the world. I have loved him in the blackness of the void that Crystal kept me in, and I love him still. I will love him even after I am dead. Have you told him that, you idiot? He says, I think he knows. But of course, it's been difficult to express in our current situation. I, like, pace the room. I... I will support you in this if you do one thing for me. Name it. Talk to him first. Tell him how you feel. So what, he can try to talk me out of it? I don't even mean to tell him what you're planning to do. Just tell him how you feel at all. You can't throw your life away without getting this out here. He, um, he has a complicated look on his face. That's my condition, Justice. That's the one thing. Wouldn't that be crueler? To inflict it on him and then leap in front of the blade? Why don't you let him decide that? I've learned... I've learned enough to know that you can't make other people's choices for them. He says, I... All right. I will. Hey friends, Tessa here. If you're desperate to hear the next episode, chances are good that you can by joining our Discord server. We post links to all episodes and pre-release, and you can even chat with us and listen live as we record. Join us by going to bit.ly slash CFC Discord. For more information on the show, character biographies, and links to social media, head to our website, critfail.club or critfailclub.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Critfail Club does not advertise at all, so if you like what you hear, tell a friend who might also like it, make a post on social media about it, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Full episodes are available on our YouTube channel, bit.ly slash channel, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.